Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1908. We continue to celebrate the Ironstone Concord Elegance this week. It takes place this weekend, September 24th and 25th at the beautiful Ironstone Vineyard in Murphy's, California. To learn more and get your tickets, go to ironstoneconcord.org. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in beautiful Visalia, California, with a very special guest by the name of Brian Blaine. Brian, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready to go, Mark. That's kind of a silly question for a guy like you, because releasing clutches is something you've done for a long, long time. Before I give you a proper introduction, though, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Brian? Probably that I uh, my only formal education is as an artist, and that my first career was uh, as a art teacher. Really? Well, that's fascinating. I studied graphic design and advertising and art in college. My dad was an artist, although he was an architect by trade. But I grew up in a world of art. I've had lots of artists on the show. So in a way, I've got an artist racer on the show with me today. Do you still do any kind of art? You know, I do a little bit of graphic work. Uh, most of my... Uh, sculpture now it takes place on car bodies <laughs> yeah well that's fascinating well we're going to talk about this uh, love you have for very old race cars and of course you'll be at the ironstone concourse so let me give you a proper introduction and we'll dive into your world brian blaine is one of the ragtime racers a group of passionate automotive enthusiasts who take their 100 year old race cars around the world to demonstrate on tracks what racing was like 100 years ago after retiring from becoming a walnut farmer, being a walnut farmer, in 2014, he focused full-time on his hobby of restoring and racing vintage cars. Brian formed the nonprofit Blaine Motorsports Foundation with a focus on race cars built prior to World War I, preserving our motorsports heritage and sharing these grand racers with the world. He and his group have participated in races across the United States, Canada, England, Australia, and New Zealand. Brian's active in various community organizations, youth activities, his church, and he's been an aircraft pilot since he was 15 years old. The Ragtime Racers will be running demonstration laps at the Ironstone Concord this weekend. We'll be back in just a moment to talk with Brian, but first a word from our valued sponsors, so give him a little love, keep the seatbelts on, we'll be right back. Did you know the most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior is the sun? Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time, cracking the dash, fading colors, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you and me. Their quality-made sunscreens are easy to use, take seconds to install and to remove, and they protect your vehicles while parked in the sun. If using a cover isn't a good option. I have one for every one of my cars. They come in a variety of colors and options and their accordion design makes unfolding and folding them up for storage as cool as the summer breeze. Your sunscreen comes custom tailored for your special vehicles and manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. Here at Cars Yeah, I've got a savings just for you. Use the code YAH21, that's Y-E-A-H, 
888-421 at Covercraft.com and they'll give you 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code ya 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company. And I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework. I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider, according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So, Brian, we're back. I want to dive a little deeper into the corner and talk about the Ragtime Racers, your passion for old race cars. And I understand this all started with a gentleman named Harry Sprague in an old trunk. So, take the wheel. <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. When I was a young man, we had a uh, an old family friend named Harry Sprague, and he didn't have any family of his own. And so he was kind of like an adopted grandfather whenever we had family affairs, he always joined us, and he was very close friends with my grandparents, who actually sharecropped for him on an 80-acre farm that he owned but didn't farm himself. And when Harry passed away, he left a trunk for me, and in this trunk was all of his racing memorabilia from when he was a young man. He had never spoke about it. He was a chauffeur for a wealthy farmer in the area, and in 1912, when National won the Indy 500, Harry was driving a national car, uh, it was the family car for this, this farmer, and at that same time, the city of Isaiah, a small town of probably only 3,000 people, decided to have a 150-mile road race through the streets of town. First prize was $1,000, which would have bought the nicest home in town. Wow. Harry entered the the, uh, or Harry and his employer entered uh, the family car, stripped down and made into a race car and won that race. <laughs> cool. And then uh, went on to race uh, all around California for four or five years and um, kept everything he ever had, his entry tags, his photographs, uh, newspaper clippings, his gloves, goggles, uh, boots, just amazing the history that was there. And I knew nothing about it, knew nothing about national cars and started looking into it and uh, educating myself on what racing was going on a hundred years ago. And 
that's kind of what got me started. Wow, it's amazing. Well, you've become what you self-describe as a bunch of archaeologists, really, <laughs> with what you guys do. Because not only do you race the cars, you work on the cars, restore the cars, but you're all about telling the story that these cars had. That must have been an amazing find. It really was. And and I think there are a lot of people like me. I mean, I was young at the time, but, you know, I just, I knew, I knew nothing about racing back during that period of time other than you know, the occasional photo that you'd see in a magazine and I sure had no knowledge of racing here in my own hometown where I was a fifth generation Visalian come to find out that virtually every town in the area had had races you know back at the turn of the century racing was a big deal most people never even seen an automobile let alone seen one race and to see cars, which at that time were the fastest things in the world, they were faster than airplanes, to see cars racing down the main street of you know, little towns uh, all around California and all across the U.S. would be the equivalent of today of having a spaceship land on Main Street and, <laughs> and getting a ride. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good analogy. You know, what I love about what you and the Ragtime Racers do is you guys show up in period attire. You all work on your own cars. These are cars that always need constant love and attention. And when you think about the old races, I mean, they always had a companion ride along who was not only alerting the driver that somebody might be passing you, but was doing all sorts of things. I'll tell the listeners I've attended Ironstone Concourse several times, and I got a chance to ride along with a past Cars, yeah, I guess, Charles Test in his 1911 National Racer. We spent the whole morning on that tour. You were either in front of us or behind us during the whole time. And that was the most fascinating ride in a car I think I've ever had because it was, I mean, for a long, a lot of the ride, I thought, what am I doing here? If anything happens, I'm dead. But it was so exciting. What is it like to race one of these things? I, I've seen you guys race at different venues, and I just go, whoa, serious. Well, they're, they're very physically demanding, which you wouldn't think so. You have very, very large wheels and obviously no power steering. And on asphalt tracks especially, the amount of resistance to the steering wheel is, is hard to believe. In, in corners like the, the carousel at Sears Point, when you enter that carousel, you better have your tires and your steering wheel where you want them because you can't correct in the middle of that turn. There's so much feedback to the steering wheel. Wow. So by the end of a weekend, my arms and shoulders are, are just sore and fatigued. And, of course, the, the mental part of it is strenuous too because the pedals are in different places the transmissions are non-synchro you've got to match your engine rpm to the to the uh, transmission rpm perfectly or it will not shift um, so it's it's tricky to drive and, and very physically uh, demanding to drive them as well no kidding. Well, Brian, I know you're a vintage racer. You've raced uh, Lotus 22s. You've raced Can-Am cars. I mean, some serious race cars designed to be on the track. You must have to get into a whole other mindset when you jump into your old car. You know, driving these 100-year-old cars is, is, is completely different. We're really out there to make sure that we can finish the race more than we are to try and win. I mean, we, we obviously... When we are racing, we race as fast as we can possibly go. But these cars are, they're difficult to drive. They're difficult to keep running. Uh, you know, they're hundred year old metal and hundred year old parts and they break down frequently. So a lot of times just finishing the race 
is all the reward that we need. We don't really care too much where we where we finish the race. <laughs> I would imagine. I, I you know watching you guys at different venues. I just I'm amazed. And uh, many times you're going around corners and you're sliding that thing. And I'm just thinking, my goodness. I mean, I'm just I'm in awe of what you do. We're going to talk about your Blaine Motorsport Foundation uh, in a little bit and the importance that has to you. But I want to talk about Ironstone because the last event I was at there before we all got shut down with this COVID. Uh, there, you guys were giving demonstration rides and people could jump in a car. They graded an area on the hillside there. It was all dirt. I've never seen so many smiles and so much dirt on people when they got out of those cars and you guys too. You're going to be doing, I know because of COVID, they can't have people riding with you this year, but you're going to be doing that again this year, right? With demonstration rides or drives? Yes, we are. We did this I guess what was it, two, three years ago now was the first time. And to my knowledge, there's never been a concours anywhere uh, where off to the side of the concours ground, a dirt track was built for the purpose of having concours cars go out and drive <laughs> yeah. on the track. Yeah. And uh, that was that was really a, a step out of the ordinary, but it was hugely successful. And the Ironstone folks do such a fantastic job of putting on an event. I mean, where else can you go and and uh, ride in a in a hundred year old race car, uh, or jump in an amphi car and and put put around a lake yes. on the Concord ground, yeah. uh, uh, and everything including you know antique uh, single cylinder farm engines, and uh, it's just a wonderful atmosphere. And and yet at the same time, uh, there are some of the most valuable and and winning. Uh, cars in the world that, that show up for this event. So it's it's really a lot of fun. It really is. This is their 20th anniversary. And when I, I've attended several of them and I thought, why haven't I been to these, this event before? Because it's so different. It's so laid back. And I'll let the listeners know if you can make it. It's in Murphy's, California. It's in a beautiful setting in the foothills of the mountains there. It's very spread out. Uh, be very safe given the uh, uh, COVID protocols that are still in place, but uh, you can feel rest assured that this is going to be a really, really fun event. I'd like to ask you about inspirational people in your life. Now, when we started this talk, this, um, I guess he, Harry was kind of your uh, uh, grandfather, I guess, in a way, or adopted grandfather in a way. Is there a person in your life that's been very influential, uh, a key mentor perhaps, that maybe helped you along with your, your racing? Well, not so much on the racing. I, I didn't. My my father uh, was a great inspiration on my work ethic and and teaching me, you know, the, the value of a dollar and that type of thing. He died quite young, and uh, just as I was a young man, uh, we had just started a farming business together. We didn't have a family farm or anything of that sort. I'd given up on on teaching high school art. Uh, that wasn't what I expected it to be. So he he was a very good uh, inspiration in that way, uh, but he had absolutely no mechanical spill, skills at all. And and he, uh, uh, although he, when I was eight years old, he went and bought a go kart, and I started racing at the age of, of eight. And I'm I have to give him credit for this uh, disease that I acquired at a young age, uh, and because I've never gotten the racing out of my blood. I, from that day on, I. I've raced uh, everything uh, from, you know, 100-year-old cars to Formula One cars and everything in between. Wow. How fun. Well, yeah, once you get bit by that bug, it doesn't really go away. Uh, when it comes to the old cars, are they your favorites? 
You know, in 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 a way they are. It, it's so different. I, I as far as driving them, they're not my favorite by any means. They're 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 difficult to drive, and always worrying about whether or not something's going to break, and and uh, getting him even getting him started is such an undertaking that. Um, but the experience to sit in a hundred year old race car and drive it and and think, my gosh, I've been out here for 20 minutes. I'm absolutely fatigued. My arms are aching. And yet in the very first Indy 500, it was a seven-hour race. Oh, my gosh. On a brick track that, uh, you know, just beat these young men to death. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm experiencing something that so few people have ever experienced. It's, it's a really neat thing. Uh, if I want to go out and race, and race hard, I would much rather be in my Can-Am car or a Formula car because they're so much more, well, for one, they're, 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 they're faster, they're safer, they're more responsive, and you can drive them at the limit much more safely than you, than you can a, a 100-year-old race car. No doubt. Well, when we come back from this short break, we're going to talk about a challenge. So keep that thought in mind. Uh, we're riding along in a beautiful old vintage racer with uh, Brian Blaine today, and we'll be right back. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARS YEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Here at CARS YEAH, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive, with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. So we're back. So let's talk about this. When it comes to challenges, failures, obstacles, whether in life or in racing, I'd love you to share a story with us that taught you a really valuable lesson to help you move forward in a positive way. Uh, is it around race cars or is it something else in your life? No, that probably has to do more with farming. I made the decision to go into farming when I gave up on teaching art in high school and had to start from scratch. And shortly after I started farming, my father passed away. So I had to kind of learn my way on my own. And I uh, uh, like some obsessive people, I 
spent seven days a week, 12 hours a day building a business from scratch and, and learning it as I, as I went. And, and, you know, I think I became extremely successful and largest pecan grower in the, in the state of California and farming thousands of acres and making millions of dollars. And I mean, it was, it was a lot of work, but along the way, you know, I, I didn't spend as much time with my family and my kids as I, uh, should have. I dedicated way too much time to, to the farming. And then about five, six years ago, we had a processing company where we would take nuts from growers and add them to our nuts and sell them. Uh, we had a grower deliver a load of contaminated walnuts mm. and it tr- triggered a recall and that recall wiped us out. We lost everything. We lost uh, all the farms. We lost the ranches. Oh my God. Uh, I had, I had to sell all the cars, the collection and everything. And the lesson I learned was, that, you know, in, in, in many ways, financial security and, and financial success can be very fleeting. As so many people learned in the last couple of years with COVID, you know, your, your business can be wiped out overnight. And there's nothing that, that you did wrong, but it's all gone. Yeah. And I look back now and I think, you know, I would have done it differently 50 years ago. I, I would have spent less time on on my career and less time building a business and uh, and more time going to soccer games. Yeah. You know, it's a heartfelt comment and experience that you went through. And when you think about COVID, as you mentioned, or your terrible experience, uh, these things sometimes come back to teach us valuable lessons. That's why I asked this question, because there's a lot of listeners here at Cars Yeah that are young, they're working very hard. I did the same thing. I spent way too much time in my earlier years helping build actually two businesses, actually for other people primarily. And I look back now and I went, I wish I had spent more time with my kids. Now that I've just become a grandfather, and I understand you're a grandfather, right? You have many grandchildren. Yeah, I've got uh, five grandkids now. Wow. Yeah. So maybe you and I together can teach those grandchildren some things and our kids uh, about what we've been through and things that we've lost and things that we've had to recover uh, and share that story forward in a positive way. Because, yeah, a lot of things can happen. And boy, we've sure seen that. You've seen it in a big time way. But it seems like you've fought your way back, and now you're having a lot of fun with what you're doing. And in many ways, what you're doing with your foundation, and we'll talk about that here in a moment, you're living a dream life that many people look back and go, wow, how did he get there? If there's some bucket list items going forward for you, it seems like you've already done many people's bucket list items, taking these old cars around the world and sharing them and racing vintage cars. What would you like to do in the next couple of years on your bucket list item? Well, that's probably the one thing I... I like to do uh, uh, as far as the bucket list type item is I, I would really like to go to the Goodwood reunion. They just finished up in England and uh, uh, it's a spectacular event that I've only seen on on TV and on on the, on the internet. So that's the one thing on my bucket list that I still want to do. But more importantly, I guess, I don't know if this is a bucket list type thing, but I just hope I can stay healthy enough to work on cars until the day I die. Uh, yeah. That's, that's kind of my, that's my bucket, uh, number one bucket list item. Yeah, taking care of ourselves for sure. Well, it sounds pretty good. I think your cars at the Goodwood reunion, oh my gosh, that's, 
That's a no-brainer. <laughs> That's an event I've never attended. I would love to attend. It looks like so much fun, and you guys would be, the Ragtime Racers would be the perfect fit with the period attire, the cars. I have a feeling you're going to get there one day, Brian, no doubt. Let's talk about a special vehicle, and I want you to share more about your national race car. Our foundation actually has on on loan to it a 1911 National that ran in the very first Indy 500, wow. and uh, it, it was it finished seventh in that race. And uh, that's a car that I had tracked down many many years ago. Um, it was owned by a fellow in Indiana. I, I knew the history of the car, and not too many people did know the history of the car. The fellow who had bought this car, it was a race car when he bought it. And back in the 50s, when he bought this car, you know, a car that had been raced is a car that had been abused. Mm-hmm. And it lowered the value of the car if anyone knew that it had been raced. So this fellow swore all his friends to secrecy. Don't tell anybody that this car has been raced. The steering wheel had had the names of all the famous drivers who had driven it over the years carved into the steering wheel. Oh, my gosh. The the wooden steering wheel. And he proceeded to sand them all off because he didn't want anyone to know. Oh, no. He built, he he modified the frame so that he could put stock body back on it and all of these things and drove it as a touring car, you know, in, in horses' carriage events. And, uh... When I finally was able to buy the car, it took me 15 years to convince them uh, to sell the car. When it came day to, the day to sell it, they sold it to an acquaintance of mine instead of selling it to me, and I eventually was able to buy it from that acquaintance. And then I restored it back as it raced at Indy in 1911 and was finished the restoration up just in time to go to the Centennial in 2011 at Indy. Wow. What a story. Why couldn't you have just taken the steering wheel off and kept it and put a different one on instead of erasing that man? I, I agree. What a shame. I mean, wouldn't that be the most fantastic thing to see the names of all those drivers carved in there? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, kind of breaks my heart. Gee whiz. Well, there you go. Now, I know you love to help other people, and I mentioned in your intro you, you've been on many foundation boards. You've you've helped so many people. Tell us more about your foundation, what it means to you, who you like to help. Um, it's such a great cause and a normal, noble thing that you're doing in combination with bringing these cars to all of us around the world. Well, my, my wife and I set the foundation up you know, almost 10 years ago now. Back when we thought we had lots of money and, and we had all these cars, thought, you know, probably to protect these cars and and keep them for perpetuity. We need to set up a foundation so that they can stay there. So we did that and and donated many of our cars uh, into that foundation and then started to get others who shared our passion to put their cars on loan or donate them to the foundation. And as a result, the the foundation now has probably uh, 30 or 40 cars uh, of which about half are pre-World War One, and uh, probably the newest or some of the uh, formula cars from the 70s. But w- our goal is to preserve our motorsports heritage by taking these cars to tracks and events so people can see them racing, see them running. Uh, unlike most museums, uh, we do have a museum, but it's it's only available to uh, to people on a on a uh, 
special uh, events or uh, private tours. Uh, instead, we we prefer to take the cars to the people at track so they can actually see the cars running and experience the the smell of castor oil and the and the sound of a 450 cubic inch four cylinder engine that you just you, you can't experience walking through a museum. Wow, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I love it. You think about some of these uh, Concours events where the cars drive in, you get to stand there like Pebble Beach, you get to see them move or the tours, the rallies. The Ironstone has uh, the rally that I mentioned I got to ride along uh, in, and uh, they'll be doing that again this year. Will you be driving in the one this year? Uh, yes, we're going to. We're not going to do the rally, but we are going to take the cars out on the dirt track adjacent to the uh, um, to the uh, uh, Concord grounds on Saturday around one thirty. Very cool. Very cool. Now I'm going to be your automotive psychologist here, Brian. I bet nobody's ever asked you this question. If you were manifest as a vehicle, you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in your foundation in the Blaine Motorsports Foundation. What would you be? But more importantly, why? Oh gosh, <laughs> I, I would. This, this this might sound strange. I would probably be a tow truck. A tow truck. Okay, why is that? It seems like I am continually having to rescue uh, my friends and uh, acquaintances <laughs> and and their cars, and uh, uh, I'm, that's kind of been my life story. And I, my daughter-in-law says I. I keep picking up strays, and what she's <laughs> referring to is friends indeed who need a place to live, or they need a car to drive, or they need a loan, or whatever the case may be. So I, I, I'd probably be a tow truck. You know what? That's perfect for you, Brian. Uh, the, as I know you, you're a caring person. You help people. Yeah, a tow truck. Very nicely answered. I like that. Very cool. Is there a book you've read you'd like to share with the listeners that you've uh, enjoyed quite a bit? You know, just recently I, I've been reading uh, and, and just finished uh, Mark Dill's book, uh, The Legend of the First Super Speedway. Um, it's just fantastic. But Mark is probably foremost uh, expert on the history of uh, the early days of the Indianapolis Speedway. And... Uh, Mark is um, has written a a book. It's fiction, but it's based on real characters, and it's based on his knowledge of all the events that surrounded racing at at the turn of the century. Um, and he has put this together in such a way. It's a novel, uh, uh, but it is so realistic and so based on fact that it could be the real thing. Cool. Now I should reach out to him and have him on the show. I've had so many authors on the show, and I've not read that book. I'll have to get my hands on it. The Legend of the First Super Speedway by Mark Dill. I'll get my hands on that. All right, I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive. Now, you've been on so many ultimate drives, uh, but this one is different. I can arrange for you to be in any car in the world. You can be at any track or any roadway with any person, living or deceased. What does that ultimate drive look like for you? Oh, boy, there's so many. <laughs> I know. Maybe just for today. One of the drivers that, that I have the greatest respect for was Mark Donahue. Mm. And I think if I had my choice, and Mark is long since gone, but mm. Mark drove the Porsche 91730 Can-Am car, which was the fastest Can-Am car ever built. And he drove it well, and he designed it. And, and I think I'd like to... to uh, 
I'd like to be at at uh, Road America in uh, Wisconsin mm-hmm. with Mark Donahue, and I'd like to ride around with him in the 91730, and then I'd like for him to put me in the driver's seat and coach me for a couple of laps. Oh, that, would, that would be that would that'd be my ultimate drive. That. Sounds like an ultimate drive. You better hold on. Holy cow. Yeah, you think back to him driving that car is just a beast. Just a beast. And I got to see that car at Bruce Canapa's shop. Just beautiful. And Bruce let me sit in that thing. And I'm thinking, man, what it must have been like. I can't even imagine what skill Mark Donahue had. Awesome. Well, Brian, you've taken us on a very fun ride. You've taken so many people on great rides, and I really appreciate what you're doing for Motorsports Heritage through your foundation, bringing your cars out for all of us to enjoy. You put a smile, and all your ragtime racers put such a big smile on everyone's face, and especially when I see you guys out there and I see little kids looking at these warriors, these cars that are just so monstrous. I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. Before I let you go, could you maybe leave us with some words of wisdom and advice, a success quote, or a mantra? No, I think uh, I, I enjoy my hobby. I enjoy this, the cars. I'm, I'm fortunate I'm able to restore cars for a living now. Uh, but I, I think that we all need to keep in mind that families come first in this world. And as you get older, you'll appreciate it much, much more. I sure have. And I hope that all of us will uh, keep our families close to us and and spend the time that that we need to keep our our families together. You know, absolutely. And listeners, a great way to do that is to take your family to a concours. And if you're going to take them to any concours, even if they're maybe not into cars, some of my family members are not into cars and I'll take them to concours. The Ironstone Concours is one to take them to because as Brian shared, and I've been to this event many times, there are so many things for people to be that maybe aren't that interested in cars to see. And I think you might spark some joy in some people's minds. How can people learn more about and perhaps help support the Blaine Motorsport Foundation? Do you have a website? We do, but you know, I'm not very good at, at, at social media. Uh, the best best thing to do is probably just to contact me by email. Okay. Uh, I, I need to recruit one of these teenage boys that hangs out around our shop. Yes. To, uh, to get me going on on all of this social media because I'm I'm not very well versed at it. But my email address, if you would like to contact yes. me, is is Brian at BlaineFarmDation.org. There you go. I'll put a link to that on Brian Shunner's page on the Cars yeah website. I'll also post a couple other articles I found about Brian and the foundation and his cars on his show notes page. I want to remind again everybody that the Ironstone Concord, they have a vintage road rallies, cars and stars, evening gala, speaker forums, amphicar displays. Yeah, you can see cars in a lake. Wine tasting at the Ironstone Winery. And of course, the display of cars that Brian and his racers are going to have. You can watch them go around in the dirt and have some fun and the Concours de Elegance. I want to thank uh, Wayne Craig, who is my guest on Monday, for reconnecting me with Brian. I've met Brian at the track. I've seen him in action. Uh, this is a very special guy we've got to listen to today. Brian, thank you for being so generous hey, today well. with your time and your expertise and sharing your experiences. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Ironstone Concours. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!